Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian. In this space, you are welcome exactly as you are. Whether you are full of faith or full of doubt, feeling empty or full, questioning or wondering, there is space for you here. Come with an open heart and an open mind. We pray this fills your well today as you hear about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Hi, friends. Welcome to Lady Preacher. We are just a little bit behind this week. We are dropping this episode on Tuesday instead of Monday. Um, And so thank you for your patience with us. I so appreciate it. It is just, it's a wild, busy season. And, um, you know, it's that that's life, right? Sometimes we're a day late and it's okay. Um, So thank you for your grace. Today we have on Pastor Jenny Sung, also known as Free Range Pastor Jenny, and she'll tell us a little bit about what that means. This is actually her second time on Lady Preacher. I encourage you, we'll try to link it in the show notes um, to her earlier episode when she came on to talk about um, a lot of the hate crimes against Asian Americans that were happening and um, the movement for Stop Asian Hate. Um, She came on and offered so much of her grace and wisdom there and is back today offering again her grace and wisdom talking about being an Enneagram 7 and how that plays out in her life and in her ministry. And something I I lifted up in the interview was just how, you know, she jumps right into the joy of being a seven where, you know, a lot of our numbers we've talked about, like we tend to sometimes focus on the shadowy side. And I want to say it was Jessica Denise Dixon, our intro to the Enneagram series person who talked about how it's such a, an important thing not to get so stuck in the shadows, but to, to embrace the joy of your number. And I love that Jenny does that right from the get-go and and just jumps into the gifts that are there in being a seven. So I hope that whether you are a seven or know or love someone who is a seven, that this episode is a gift for you, offers you some insight into yourself, into your loved ones. It's been such a blessing to do this series and to learn so much more about each number across the Enneagram spectrum. And I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of you better as, as the listeners and, and seeing how you engage with these episodes. And I just want to thank you for, for showing up. This has been quite a long series, 10 episodes. Um, and that takes commitment to show up for a series of 10 things. So thank you so much for being here through all of it. We are going to take a little bit of a break through December. We are going to put out some shorter episodes. We did this last year of doing some Christmas blessings. So you can keep an eye out for those, but we won't be doing interviews or hour-long episodes. We'll come back with those in January after the start of the new year. If you have guests you want to have us um, interview on here, guests you want to hear from, please send me an email. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's revkelsey at dancingpastor.org, or you can find me anywhere on social media. Let us know who you want us to have on the podcast, and um, we want to make sure we're putting out content that you that you love, that you're excited about. Um, and we know that our, our circle has its limits. So, um, feel free to, to give us a shout. If you have someone in your circle who you were like, "Ah, they'd be so great. And remember, they don't have to be famous, right? A lot of these folks we have on our podcasts are just normal people like you and me. So please send us your recommendations. If you're, if you're someone, or you know, someone who would be great for us to interview. Okay. Let's dive in, um, and say a prayer as we begin. 
God of, of hope, as we enter into this season of Advent and as we close out this Enneagram series, we thank you for the people in our lives who give us hope. For those who come alongside us and can hold space for joy and goodness in the way that so many Enneagram sevens do. Thank you for the people who inspire us to stop clipping our wings, to set ourselves free and to fly and to move and go forward. And thank you, God, for the people who do the opposite of that, the folks who ground us and remind us who we are and love us and hold space for us and and are just a presence of grace. God, thank you for the person who is listening today, the person whom these words are, are entering their ears and their spirits right now. We thank you for um, the way that they move in their unique way through this world. I ask that you bless them and hold them where they are in this season, whether it feels lonely or joyous or hard or um, beautiful or anywhere across the spectrum of, of the holiday season. Hold them in that wherever they are and show up for them and fill them with your love. God, as we wait for that silent night, perhaps that not so silent night when Jesus came into the world, we thank you for, for the waiting. We thank you for the people who sit and wait with us and for you, the God who eternally sits and waits with us. God, open our hearts and our minds today and fill us with your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, my friends, here we go. The last episode for our Enneagram series, we have Jenny Sung, our Enneagram 7. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back to Lady Preacher. Hi, thank you. So grateful to be here. Can you tell us, well, tell us a little bit about yourself and then some of what you've been up to. I think you were last here, um, maybe this past spring, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So update us on what you've been doing, what you've been up to, what's coming up for you. Tell us all about you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So spring of last year, I guess a lot. It's been a whirlwind and a joy. I've been really living into the free range pastoring. And so I've been traveling all around the world, doing ministry, working with refugees, um, preaching, speaking, dancing, and writing. So it's just been, um, it's just been such a joy to be able to have that freedom. Yeah. What a gift and what a testament to your Enneagram number. You mentioned that before we started recording. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, free range pastoring is definitely an Enneagram seven joy. Yeah. For folks who don't know what free range pastoring is, can you give them just like a little briefer on what you do? Sure, absolutely. So um, a lot of the work that I do or a lot of the ministry or call that I do is working um, in partnerships with either churches, 
in doing consulting or writing for different publications, um, also creating digital content with people such as podcasts and interviews and um, TikToks. And so it's just been um, a wild ride that has taken me in places that I just never assumed or never thought to go and finding so much joy and life in it. That is amazing. And it just like, I can feel your joy when I see your posts on social media and things like that. And, and not just the joy, but like the wonder that comes with getting to be out in the world and doing things. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I felt like when I was in a specific call at a specific community, it felt very much like I didn't have to wonder quite as much what the most faithful step was every day. It was like, oh, I'm doing the thing. Um, And with being free range, I mean, I'll get a call from different places in the world that are like, hey, can you come preach or speak or be with our people? And I usually take a day with it and, and just ask God, like, is this the next most faithful step? And so it's like every day I wake up and wonder, okay, God, what is the next most faithful step today? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good advice for all of us, I think, you know, to to take a day to think about things, because anytime you say yes to something, and I imagine this is very true for your calendar and schedule, anytime you say yes to something means that you'll eventually have to say no to something else. Absolutely. Oh, which like us Enneagram sevens just hate. Right. <laughs> you want to like fit it all in. Uh-huh. We can figure it out. We'll yeah. make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> love that. So I'm curious for you, how did you get started with the Enneagram? How did you discover that you're a seven? How were you first introduced to it? What was your intro point? Yeah, so my intro point was CPE. So the clinical pastoral education part of our becoming pasteurized. And so I was working with Reverend Dr. Sue Allers, uh, Hatley. And she, I was, of course, doing a CPE site that was very different. Um, Instead of being like in a hospital, I was working in an in-treatment resident center for teens who were duly diagnosed with chemical and mental health diagnoses. And so part of the learning with clinical pastoral education is learning about all of your hard things while doing the hardest thing you've ever done (laughs) up to that point. And so it's like, it's like, okay, I read it. Okay. I got this. We'll figure this out. We'll make this happen. But you're doing some really deep work on, on who you are and what you're about and what you're not about while also like practicing being a pastor and pretty um, chaotic or new to me situations. And so Yeah, that's where I first learned about being an Enneagram 7. That is a lot. I feel like especially in that particular setting to be doing such deep inner work while also trying to like be very present for other people doing their deepest inner work. Absolutely. I know that's that's part of when I hear about people going into the CPE journey. um, I just I it's the most beautiful and most difficult part of the process, I think, in a lot of ways, Um, because in so many ways, I feel like we are trained and 
are taught how God has equipped us and here we go, we're going to go do this thing. And that whole experience is learning about how much God shows up, <laughs> like how much, like how much it's a, really about God. <laughs> and how like when some I remember once when I was um, hugging someone who who lost who lost their child and um, when I was hugging them and when they were holding me, I was I was holding them as the church. Um, I was holding them as an extension of God and who God is, not holding them as like Jenny Sung scared out of my mind and hoping I don't mess it up, you know? <laughs> and so it's just, yeah, it's such a beautiful process, but also very difficult. Yeah. Well, and what you just said there, I think is really important for a lot of folks I think especially in ministry to understand, but I know we have a lot of listeners who aren't in ministry, but like the fact that we hold that space is that it's not just us that we like, we hold that responsibility of like being there as present as an extension of the church, as you said, an extension of, of God and the, the hugeness mm -hmm. of that responsibility. Yes, honestly. And I think that's one of my joys uh, as a pastor is holding that space with people, but also at the same time being completely in awe of who God is and how God shows up. I think we lose so much of the joy if we think it's about us <laughs> or what we're doing. Um, and like, and I think the fall from that pedestal is quite difficult. So I, it's just so much better for everyone involved to continually be looking and be vigilant about how God is moving in those spaces. Yeah. And getting out of the way. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, especially as an Enneagram seven, the, like the getting out of the way piece is part of the fun of it. Like, mm -hmm. because you have that free spiritedness to you, like I mm -hmm. often use the analogy with, um, like moving with the Holy spirit is like football players or basketball players, or like anyone in general dancers do this too, but like mm -hmm. having your knees or dancers. So we'll use plie, like having your yeah. knees slightly bent in a plie, like <laughs> It allows you rather than locking in your joints where you become rigid and get knocked over, it allows you to, to move more freely um, when you start experiencing that movement of somebody else or that movement of the Holy Spirit. And I imagine as an Enneagram 7, there's at least not necessarily with a six wing, but with a seven wing, like the joy of being like, oh, this is where we're moving now. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to go with you. Yeah, yeah. Sevens definitely have that adaptability um, and the joy of just experiencing new things. So um, we do work fairly well in chaotic or crisis moments because um, they're not I mean, I'll say for, I'll speak for myself. They're not new for me <laughs> with doing street ministry and refugee work and, um, you know, working with young adults and teens and, and just lots of different situations where, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself in a crisis moment and it's like, okay, breathe. And, I, and, you know, God and I can do something here um, has been quite a joy. And also just part of the joy I find in being a seven is being like, okay, we're made for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So can you say, what are some characteristics of being a seven? How do you see that come to life? Yes, absolutely. So I would say with seven, so a lot of people um, mistype me as a two or a three um, because I like 
twos with their hearts and threes with their achieving sevens have that as well um however like our fear like where our fear comes from is the feeling of being deprived. And so, especially with my wing eight, um, the fear of being deprived or missing out is really what motivates us to be or perform or to show up in the ways that we do. Um, we love new opportunities. We love um, being free, trying everything, tasting everything, experiencing everything. Um, I feel like lust might be our, our hardest uh, just because we like for me I just I love beautiful things whether it's experiences or fabrics or food or people um I just we just find this optimistic beauty and joy in things and so I can't speak of course for every seven because we're all unique and we all have our our differences but overall I would say we are quite um adventurous driven and um fun people <laughs> Absolutely. I have often said, like, if I could have a little bit more of one number, it would be the seven. Cause I just, I love the funness and the freeness. And I think you named, um, what's so important about mistyping. Cause I think, especially as women, mm -hmm. if you're not like the, we're enculturated to be the nurturer and the self-sacrificer of the two. And I think more and more now leaning into the three, the achiever, we see so many women entrepreneurs, like we're now being kind of lumped in that two, three space, but there are so many women who live across the spectrum of the Enneagram. Oh, yeah. And that like key motivator of the fear that you said is so important. Like that fear of missing out. Like I don't always have that as a two, but oh, you yeah. have that as a seven. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mightily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah which goes back to the counter thing of like you want to just like say yes to all the things yes yes absolutely and like because it is it, I think for me the thing that I've just been over the moon in awe and find so much joy in is saying yes um I feel like this fall was very much a conference season for me so I was doing a lot of different conferences and leading seminars and workshops and um and the audiences or the people that I was um speaking or preaching to couldn't be more different I mean we're talking like different countries and different um ages and and the thing that I just keep finding is how much people are wanting to know about identity work, um, no matter what age we are, especially coming out of the pandemic, like, who am I? Where am I going? What is this about? Where is God in all of this? And it's just been such a joy to be with people in so many different places, um, just sitting with them as they ask those really hard questions. Yeah. So what about for you, Jenny, what have you learned about yourself through the lens of the Enneagram? Yeah, I would say, um, first of all, how much I love being a seven for sure. <laughs> um, but I've also found there's like pieces of me that I had to become more aware of, such as um, not running away from hard things or painful things, but slowing down enough to sit in them and with them. Uh, I was very much 
oh my gosh, the movie Inside Out just really speaks into that seven, seven Enneagram and I think other ones as well. But as I was watching the movie and I see Joy and Joy puts sadness in that circle and like, it's like, do not, do not step out of there. I'm like, yes, tell her she is ruining everything. Like, like, you know, and so by the end of the movie, I was like, wait, I don't know if I get this. We're okay with sadness. Like it was just, it was such, um, it was such an important movie for me on my journey of honestly being a seven and being like, oh, you know, um, it's actually really important to sit and to, to look at all the things instead of just keep running and going and experiencing. Um, my favorite space now is taking the time to calibrate when I'm in those different places and just remembering like, what are the things and the people and the flavors and the experiences that I want to hold on to even when I move on to the next thing. And so just learning how to calibrate, I think has been huge for me as a seven. That makes so much sense. And I, like, I can feel it when you talk about the movie inside. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> oh, sadness. Woof. Yeah. Oh, I had like a, a physical reaction in my body with sadness. And so I was like, huh, okay, maybe some things to work on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious for you with the Enneagram. I feel like so many folks in the other numbers within the spectrum really cling to the like the shadow part of the number um and often go there first even like the experts who have come on to talk about it like often go to the shadowy side but i have noticed with you in this conversation it's been so much of the like the joy of being a seven how has it been sitting with the like the harder parts like you mentioned like learning to allow sadness in and things like that yeah i think the places where I have a little bit of like a cringe or um, I'm spending more time discovering uh, with being an Enneagram 7 is just the impatience that I have with things. Mm. Like I want things to happen now. I want them to be fast and, and really great leadership isn't moving so fast that you can't take anybody with you. Right. And so like learning how to slow down a bit and part of me is like, well, why do I have to learn how to do that? That's not my joy. Um, <laughs> part of it also is like as an Enneagram seven, I think it's very easy. And, and I don't mean to be like oh, my, <laughs> My hard thing is a is a gift, but part of it is um, with sevens, it's like our gift is being able to be really present in a situation and be like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Okay, bye. And like never seen again, right? And and I think that's the part that I've come to sit with a little more is um is how important relationships are and how I treat the people in my world and the places that I get to be parts of their world. And so um, I think for me, there is a point in my life where it's like, oh, I've just I've just got all these buddies, um, but they're like buddies for a week or a day or a month or a year, maybe. But like I wasn't really the kind of person that held relationships with people for a long time. And it didn't really bother me, I think, until I got older. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, like there there's people that really 
that I really want to be in relationship and that I want to be long-term friends. And so taking the time to um, follow up and have them be top of mind. And so not always immersed in the new thing, but making sure that I take along with me um, all of the, I don't want to say old things, but all the other things that I've, I've come to treasure instead of just always moving on to the new, the next, the shiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I'm curious. Well, this is my next question, which is perfect. Like the sevenness in relationship, how has it transformed? You said you, this is something you've been paying attention to and, and looking at how have you experienced that transformation now as you've begun to, to pay attention to those things? Yeah. Um, so I would say a lot of it for me is just following up. Um, I think that's one of the things I love about it too, or, you know, once, I mean, pretty much any other number on the Enneagram <laughs> is their ability to follow up or follow through. Um, and so it's gotten to the point now because we get asked this a lot as pastors is like, oh, would you pray for me? You know, and you're like, yep, absolutely. And then I'll say a quick prayer and then I go off to the next thing. But I've actually gotten in the practice of like, okay, either praying in the moment with them and or writing down the prayer and then like literally I have time blocked in like four out of my seven days where I'm just in prayer for these people that I said I would pray for. Like, I just, I have to slow down enough to make a system in which I can do the things I said I would do because they don't necessarily come top of mind for me. So like in the morning, I write my thank you cards and cards to friends and family. And because I love handwritten cards to people, you know, and I love starting the day in gratitude. Um, and then it's the, you know, the, like I was talking about the praying and the, the calling I've done Polo, Marco Polo a lot. So it's like, that's really easy to do. And it's also great because then I get to show my friends the different places in the world that I am and have them join along. And so I've just, I've gotten more intentional about not just experiencing new things for myself and for my own world, but teaching how to bring others in and how to keep others in instead of um, being like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the the okay, bye is is not a devaluing of that relationship. It's just like, right. it's that excitement of moving forward. And I think that's such a beautiful gift that sevens have. And it sounds like creating that system has allowed some things to, to deepen for you. Yeah. You know, even as you said that I started to recognize too, the okay buy is more the fact, and I'll just speak for myself. I don't know if this is sevens in general, but just just not really believing anybody like needs me that much. Right. And so I think that's part of uh, the work for me as a seven is um, not really thinking anybody really needs me or loves me so much. So it's not hard for me to walk away. Um, but what I have learned is are there, there are people that love you very deeply or that want to be in relationship and so that I think that's part of the work for me a lot of times is like, oh, nobody cares. <laughs> like that, For me, that was like freedom, right? Okay, nobody cares. Nobody's going to remember, whatever, move on to the next thing. But it was really an excuse to not um, attach, not to be needed, not to enter that deeper places in friendships. And so I'm like, okay, 
things to work on. <laughs> things to I, grow up to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, so like when I think of sevens and like even your phrase of like free range for pastoring, you know, it, it has that sense of independence and that sense of freedom. And I wonder if there's a sense of feeling bound sometimes even when relationships are really good and really fulfilling and, you know, or a place is really good and really fulfilling. Um, but that wanting to like, keep that possibility of openness, is that part of it? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think part of it, and, and I think this is part of the call to right? is um, for me, a lot of the work was figuring out where I was called and where I wasn't called. So as an Enneagram seven, um, it's like, you don't want to say no to anything. Uh, but I quickly started to realize like what hills I would not die on and like what hills I will absolutely die on. And so I think for me, that's been a huge learning in just my call as a pastor and as a person and as an Enneagram 7 is um, you can't be everything to everybody. And so what are the things that I actually feel God is calling me to? And how do I walk faithfully in that every day? Um, and so that's been, yeah, part of the work as pastoring and calling and being in relationship. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like that's work all of us can do. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. Is that, you know, I know for me as a two, that wanting to be everything for everyone comes from a desire to, to mm -hmm. be loved. And so I'm like, oh, I want everybody like me. And so I'm going to try to like be all these things and then realize very quickly, I am not a lot of those things. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I don't need to be. Right. There's other amazing humans that are those things. And thank God for them. Yes. <laughs> thank yeah. God for them and their gifts. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also just the the space is like um, a youngish looking woman of color you know, in the, in pastoral ministry is trying to find a space where it feels like I can be my full self. And I think this is probably for a lot of pastors, not just me or people that identify the way that I do. And I think because of those particularities, um, the, I haven't found that call in, uh, I, I have I have had the experience of being called in places and absolutely agree like with God and with the congregation that in those times and places I was called to that ministry and the feeling of being bound is what I'm recognizing the joy that I get to have right now in this season. And I'm sure this is just a season and there will be other seasons, but right now is being able to be a voice that comes into a community, speak prophetically about this is part of the consulting I do with pastors or with councils. Um, and then also with the congregation, because I don't want to be a pastor in that church. So I'm not trying to like take power or get power. Um, and I also know that I don't have to stay. So I can be really honest in a loving way, of course. Right. Um, but just how that can be really gift for my colleagues and for myself, because like, I don't want your job and, you look like you need a break. Like I'll preach for you. I'll, you know, sit in for different meetings. I'll help think through some of these different things because sevens are actually also a thinking triad. So we think, we think with our minds and move forward with our minds, the ways that twos move with their hearts, right? Like we're just, we gravitate towards strategizing and thinking and figuring things out. And so um, that has been part of the gift 
of the call or the space that I find myself now is being able to go into places and first of all, give much needed respite to my colleague friends and to other pastors who are feeling burnt out or tired or just need a partner. Um, and so being able to do that work has been part of the joy. And I'm like, I would, I think it'd be so great for more of us pastors to be able to have that freedom also just in the power dynamic, because I'm always a guest everywhere I go. And so, um, for Christians, I think we're so used to being the host and it's our house and it's, you know, whatever, whatever. But when you're literally going in with like the bag that you have and you're the guest and you're just, your job is just to be present and be in that space. It's a lot different. And it's such a great learning experience about hospitality and generosity and humility, all things I'm still working on, but wow, has really helped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to receive, right? Like in Christian spaces, right? We're always the giver, especially as a host and you as the guest are now called to both give and receive, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I feel like too, with your, your wing eight, that being able to go in and speak prophetically, I was so grateful for, I had to be gone for a couple of weeks and we had a colleague come in and preach and he sent me an email beforehand. He's like, is there anything that you wish you could say, but can't say to your congregation because you need your job? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Which is such a blessing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just being called to different places in the vineyard and they're they're all holy and they're all beautiful and they're all needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And same with the Enneagram numbers, right? Like each number yeah. has their gift and their place on the vine. Yes, absolutely. I praise God for all of them all the time because I think as a seven, I'm very aware that I am not a one or a two or a three or four or five or six or eight or nine, you know? Um, and so it just makes me that much more grateful for these other expressions and how they, how they walk around in the world. Yeah. So you've talked a lot about your Enneagram numbers showing up in your work and in, in your life in general, but I'm curious specifically for you and your relationship with God and your faith life, how do you see the seven showing up there in the same way, like I think of the three, our guest for the three, um, Val Heistek talked about, like she wanted to win at faith, like it was an achievement thing. So how does the sevenness show up for you in, in your relationship with God? I feel like where I would see that is I want to experience all the different, um, iterations of God in people. And so I feel like at a young age, I thought everybody had a key to God and they were all different keys. And the only way you could, um, like learn that key is if you learn that person. And so it's, that's very similarly in a lot of ways, how I feel now is that like everybody holds this God piece in them, this holy space. And by getting to know one another and connect with one another to love one another is learning about this dimension of God that we might not know if we didn't know that person or that community. And so um, for me, it's like, I am ravenous to see all of these dimensions of God in that positivity plays through and like just the awe of it all. Um, And so 
I think that's how my Enneagram, I would say, plays into my to my seven, but also just in my call, being free range and <laughs> has been a huge part of that as well. Yeah, I imagine getting to travel and see the, you know, I think of nature as God's handwriting. And so you get to see all of these beautiful places. And I know you've gone to the Holy Land many times now and, and getting to see that, those different expressions of God throughout the world. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's taught me a lot about my own biases. And it's been so interesting, because people usually identify me as American before Korean. And so it's just been, um, it's just been such a beautiful journey of seeing how, like you said, God's handiwork, you know, Um, and also like the places where there is violence and pain and um just the real working with refugees in different parts of the country that are literally giving their life or their bodies to this Jesus story just continues to keep it so palpable and like the good news so real where I think sometimes in different places in the country or in the world, you know, um, we forget how good the good news is, or like we forget to taste and see, right? Um, it just becomes r- ritual or habit or a part of the show, you know? And I feel like being able to have these experiences, I just continue to see how good God is. And I continue to be in awe and I just continue to be humbled by it. Yeah. Is that what you would say grounds you as you do this, this work and like really live into who you are as a seven? Is that paying attention to that? What grounds you or is there more to that? I would say, um, I would say it is the, the dedication to the call, of course, that grounds, I would say it's also just been a part of like working against the seven that wants to just keep moving and so learning how to take a holy pause learning how to calibrate learning how to not just taste and see but remember (laughs) has been a huge part of um that journey for me Mm. Yeah, it makes me think, I, I want to say it was Thich Nhat Hanh who wrote the book about, oh, I wish I could remember the title, but it's something about like slowly eating a mandarin orange, right? Like not just eating it, not just tasting and seeing, but like, okay, I'm going to savor each bite and like pay attention as I do it. So you really take in that, the fullness of the experience. Yes, absolutely. And it's been... um I have been so grateful for the joy of coming back to different places because before it was like you would go to a place and you'd be like, when would I ever come here again? And so I have to experience everything and my seven would be just was so wild and being like, you know, I don't have to do everything. I don't have to see everything. What is the next most faithful step, you know? And so because I'm on the road so often or in the air or whatever you want to call it, um, learning how to ground and be present in the places that I am in the time zone that I'm in um, has been a, a lot of holy work for me. Mm. I love that you mentioned the time zone because I imagine that is really like it can jolt your body and your spirit. And so like settling into like not only being in a new place, but literally a new time Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been interesting because what I found, like I was in 
like Jordan. And in Jordan, I was in Petro, Wadi Ram. And then I was in Washington, D.C. And then went from Washington, D.C. to Washington State to Milwaukee. So it was like the time zones were just, this was all in the course of like three weeks, just wild, right? And so what I realized, though, is how like my secret to jet lag is to like be where you are in the moment and in that time, like watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, um, eating in the in the time frames that feel like habit for your, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like feeling your feet in the ground and the place that you're at is what helps me so much with um yeah, the jet lag. And um, because otherwise, it's like, it can, it does take a toll on you. Mm -hmm. I imagine for our folks who are sevens who aren't necessarily travel bugs, like the that just that groundingness of like, okay, be where we are. Yes. And again, that 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 slower pace and taking that breath and like, eating breakfast when you eat breakfast. Yes, I think one thing the pandemic has really shifted for me is that presence um, where before I think I was just used to doing 10 million things at one time and I just made following Jesus look impossible, um, right? It was like I had people look at my schedule and be like, I could never do what you do or I could never. And it was like, ooh, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do as a disciple of God, <laughs> like make it look impossible. And so stepped way back and now I really, I'll have... I mean, I'll have days where I don't check my email or I'll have like just like I, that presence and that grounding of the place that you're at with the people you're with is so rich and so beautiful that I've gotten so much more simplistic in what I do and how I move in the world. And it's interesting because I do far less, but my impact is no different, if not more now, you know, Um so it's been, yeah, it's just been so interesting. Yeah, that's a beautiful reflection. I love that. And it takes so much humility to see. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a practice, right? For all uh-huh. of us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've been asking everyone this and it's more of a, like uh, an admiration. I know you love being a seven, but if you could like, just add a little bit of spice from one other number, mm-hmm. what, what number would you want to like add a little more of? Oh my gosh, it's so hard because I mean, I do love my wing eight, um, but every number, like I feel like I have friends or good friends that are in every different number. And it's like when I'm with my one friends, I'm like, oh my gosh, your conviction and your follow through is just so wildly amazing. And like with my two friends, it's like, wow, how deeply you care and how like vigilant you are. And like threes, the way they like go, move, be, achieve, you know, get it, get it. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, please. Cause like my ADHD is real. And like, you know, our fours, the way that they just feel everything and their ability to be present in the moment and the way their hearts just see and move and um, enjoy the beautiful and the hard, you know, our fives, the way that they just have so much knowledge, you know, and they investigate, you know, and sevens are healthy. We move into a five, you know, and so for me, that's part of it too, is recognizing when I'm leaning into places of healthiness or when I'm moving in places of panic. Um, but sixes, oh my gosh, if I didn't have a six in my life, I swear I would be dead by now. Um, and you know, my eight friends, we all need those truth speakers. 
and nines oh my gosh just their chill and how cool and how they embody all of the enneagram numbers of course that makes me very jealous as a seven um and so like honestly with everybody i'm just like i love all of you so much thank you for existing I, that is the best. It is like such a, a beautiful seven response to like lift up the gifts of every number. That is, I love that. Thank you for that, Jenny. That was beautiful. <laughs> Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh, golly. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Finish the sentence. God is. Oh, God is love. Mm-hmm. What's on your bedside table on your nightstand? Okay, yes. Right now I have um, uh, Morgan Harper Nichols all along. You are blooming. I have two different journals, lots of writing utensils, and a piece of half chewed gum that I swear I'm going to get rid of. (laughs) The honesty of that. I always, this is. I can't believe I'm admitting this on the podcast, but I often have a like half used tissue. Cause like you just yeah. use a little corner and then, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Reuse mm-hmm. recycle, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you for, for that honesty. I love it. Okay. Oh, I'm so curious about this for you. If I were to walk into a party or like a large gathering of folks and look for you, where would I find you? with all the buddies telling great stories, like wherever a great story is happening, I want to hear it. Like, tell me about your life. What's going on? Yeah. All the buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Kind of like the bee that like buzzes all around and wants uh-huh. to hear all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. What is the best part about being an Enneagram seven? I would say the freedom. Mm-hmm. For sure. The freedom and just the way I love the way we get to look at the world with a lens of um, optimistic um, hope. Yeah. Yeah. Which we need so much of, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is one thing you're really grateful for right now? Oh, my gosh. I am just grateful. Oh, yeah. I just feel like I'm just grateful. Um, I'm grateful for my family and my friends and the communities and experiences I get to be a part of, um, worshiping all over the world with all different kinds of people. I think you just said one. That's great. I love okay. it. <laughs> Live into your sevenness, Jenny. Embrace it. Food. It's like Christmas season. I mean, woof. Lots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know for sure? Oh, that I don't know that there's still so much to know and to experience. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Final question. What is filling your well right now? And this can be like the silliest thing or the most serious thing. What is filling your well? Well, it's a little bit of both. Like I just, we are in day two of Advent when we're recording this. And so like the Advent season is just my favorite, which is wild as a seven, but the watching, the waiting, the trusting for me, I just like, I'm sad that it's only four, you know, 40 days long. I love that. I, and it's, I love that you name it as a seven too, that it's almost like a, a ritualistic practice. For you like a grounding thing mm-hmm. yes absolutely yeah well thank you jenny i appreciate yeah. you coming on and jumping into this you are our very last um enneagram number for our whole series which is oh. so fun i love that we're ending on a seven <laughs> <laughs> oh. can, 
Can you tell folks if they're interested in your work, where can they find you online, social media, all the things, where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as I am Jenny Sung, on TikTok as Free Range Pastor Jenny, and um, on the con- doing different conventions and workshops. And so just continue to stay tuned. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenny. I appreciate you and your joy and optimism and your deep wisdom too. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. Thank you. My friend, wasn't that such a gift? And this whole series, such a gift. Thank you for being here. Thank you to Jenny for sharing her joy and her wisdom with us. And for all of our guests on this series, it has been such a blessing to get to talk with all of them and hear from folks who really embody all the different aspects of who we can be created in God's image, right? All across that Enneagram spectrum. I hope that you saw yourself, not just in one of them, but in all of them, because we all hold little bits of of each number, right? So um, thank you for, for showing up, for being here and for learning alongside us and for diving in. I want to lift up again, if you know someone who you think would be great for our podcast, let us know, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you um, and let us know what you think of this series. If there are other series you want us to do, um, please give us a shout. And um, again, a reminder that we are taking a small break during the month of December. We'll put out some shorter blessings episode, Christmas blessings episodes, um, but we'll be back with full interviews in the new year. And that is wild that we're already here. We're already moving into 2023. Um, But you have been such a gift throughout this year. And I love being able to be here with you every week and and journey alongside you. Um, If you want to support this podcast in any way, this episode drops on Giving Tuesday. And we would love for you to give to Dancing Pastor Ministries to support the Lady Preacher podcast. There are so many ways you can do that that do not require you to dip into your bank account. Um, Share an episode with a friend, um, follow us on social media, um, connect us with your community. Uh, We would love that. If you want us to to come speak where you are. We would love to do that. So shoot us an email. Um, thank you to Bree. Also, I always want to make sure I say this. Bree Daniel is our sound producer and she works so hard every week. So let's give her a shout today. And oh my gosh, every day. And again, thank y'all for being here. You are truly a gift to me, to us um, here on the Lady Preacher podcast team. And now I invite you, my friend, to go out with this blessing. May you go into your Advent season full of hope, peace, joy, and love. And if you are not full of those things, may they come to you. May they find you um, in little pockets of each day. And may you feel the love of God come to you, to all of us, as Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. So God be with you, my friend. Go in peace held in the arms of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, blessed by the one who is the mother of us all. God bless you, my friends. Merry Christmas, happy new year, happy holidays, and I will see you next time.